You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Now, I am your host, Ryan Dangle. If you want to find me on Twitter, some people call it X. I'm not one of those people. You can hit me at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I'm going to bring in the assistant editor of Bears Wire. That's Brendan Chagru. Now, if you want to find Brendan on Twitter, it's at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Now, Brendan, I don't know about you, dude, but I'm kind of excited. This is this is definitely a different crew than our like normal post-game crew, but like it's it's a it's a star-studded lineup. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Maddie Refluce. Right. 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 No, it, it's it's good. We got some good people in. And there's a ton of Bears news to talk about, too. I mean, we're one week for the from the Super Bowl, but a lot's happened in this past week. We've had the Senior Bowl. We've had coaches getting hired and fired. Old friends finding new places. Stadium drama. Like, what more could you ask for? Except there's like, a- actual football. It was, it's been nice to 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 kind of slow things down a little bit. Um, but I just got to go back to this. You kept doing that on the podcast. And then I went back and I watched some of Eber Blues' stuff. And right, like every time now I think about you and I think about his press conferences and it just, it sticks in my head, dude. Sticks in my head. So thank you. I broke the mirror. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's bring in Cam Ellis now. If you want to find Cam Ellis on Twitter, it's at Kingsley Ellis. He's writing for fan-sided NFL stuff. Cam, how's it going? It's good. I can't complain. Like you guys are saying, tons of news this week for being kind of a lazy, slow week otherwise. So I'm excited to get going here. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm sure we'll talk Super Bowl just a little bit. Are you busier now during like the pre-Super Bowl stuff than you would be the rest of the year or is it is it kind of slowing down a little bit for you uh yeah no i'm pretty busy i'm pretty busy right now um i think this week is gonna be just because of the nature of my job and with radio row like it's just gonna be sound bite after sound bite after sound bite so it's gonna be a long week but you know it's it's not a bad thing like this is more or less the most exciting week in the calendar year for football fans so um you know it could be much worse but yeah i'm, I'm pretty busy are you going to vegas cam no i'm not i wish uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just enviously sitting on Twitter being like, I should be there. Uh, <laughs> but no, I will be in Denver, Colorado, like usual. Gotcha. Uh, I, I was going to say, are you going to put in, you know, in line to, to, to talk to Matt Nagy, who's at another Super Bowl since he left? All right. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like at this point, I could just like walk up to Matt Nagy on the street and talk to him. Like, who's out there trying to talk to Matt Nagy at this point? Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, be, I'll keep an eye on it, though. He's always good for somebody, too. I'm I'm thrilled to bring in our, our last co-host. That is Logan Bradley. Yes, he still works here. Um, here. You want to find you want to find Logan on Twitter? It's at Bear Down Bradley. Logan Bradley, I miss you. I miss your mustache. Miss you. Um, I hear that like it's it's really bad weather, like terrible weather out in Los Angeles. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah, 
you know, it's not good. You can see, uh, well, it's, it's dark now, but it's been raining. Yes, it does rain here. It's not nice every single day. But as we were talking about before we jumped on, the the sky falls, everything falls apart here in L.A. when there's a slight bit of rain because everybody sucks at driving as it is. But then it's made just 100 times worse when there's a little bit of precipitation. I don't feel bad for yeah, anyone nope. that's out there. Don't, I don't mean, need it. It was 50 degrees. It. It's like 50 degrees here in Illinois. It, like today was oh. great. <laughs> yeah, those, you got it better than here. I don't want to hear you complain, Dangle. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yes, it is. Just, just so we know, TJ is in the house. Uh, Logan and the stash. Uh, I'm just, I'm always jealous because, and as we talked about many times, I can't grow the stash. This terrible beard is coming off in about a month for St. Baldrick's. I'm going to get my head shaved and my beard shaved. Um, yes. But I still, every time I see you, Logan, I just, I'm jealous of what you got going on there. Uh, you know, I'm young. I can do it. Maybe one, maybe one day I'm going to look back and be like, oh God, what was I doing? Like there's probably a high probability that I end up doing that, but regardless, yeah. I'm proud of it now. We have so much to talk about, boys. I mean, ridiculous amount to talk about. Before we do that, we have some people that we absolutely positively positively need to thank. So let's do that quickly so we can hop into all the things that are going around the league and all the things that are happening. Yes, uh, our friend, you guys know him, you've heard him, Jeff Cadwallader. He's been working hard since the beginning of the year to expand his real estate services to now include commercial properties, and he has been absolutely killing it. It doesn't matter if you are a business owner, a homeowner, or an investor. If you're looking to buy, sell, lease, commercial, or residential properties, Jeff is your guy. You can call or text Jeff Cadwallader with SVN Landmark today at 630-254-4734 or visit GenevaJeff.com. And if you do go to Jeff and you end up talking to him, please, please, please tell him that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast sent you. You know, I wonder if Logan were to go to our friends at Sheridan's or Hensel's, depending on which location he wants to go to, would he just go in and be like, hey, can you uh, fix up the stash a little bit? I'm good on the air, but just see what you can do for the stash. I bet they would do some pretty great work, Logan. So just next time you're in town, maybe, you know, get that thing trimmed up because our friends at Sheridan's Barbershop have been supporting the podcast for a long time. They're located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, and they have been serving the community for 60, I think it's 69 years now, maybe 70. I can't remember. 69. Um, all right. Nice. Very nice. They have six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, and they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Just visit SheridansBarbershop.com or call 630 668 0137 and book yours today. And like I mentioned, there's also Hensel's. And I I just need to say this every time, because Jack usually does these reads, every time I hear Hensel's, I think of pretzels. So I'm putting mm-hmm. out a, um, I guess, a plea for whenever somebody goes to Hensel's, like maybe they should just have a pretzel shop there too. I think that'd be awesome. Pretzels and haircuts, what can go better? But make sure you go to Hensel's Barbershop. It's located in downtown Naperville, and they have six barbers as well. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, and they accept walk-ins as well as appointments. So book yours today at henselsbarber.com. And as always, it's where traditional meets modern. All right, so boys, I think the one that I want to talk about the most – um, and maybe, maybe, I mean, there's so many things that we can talk about. We're going to talk about Harbaugh, the, the, the news that just broke 
Cliff Kingsbury uh, to Washington, um, Arlington Heights situation. But I think this is the one that that is probably the most heated uh, on, on Twitter. And so that is Luke Getze is now the or is supposedly going to be signing. I don't know if anything is officially official, but it's but it's heading that direction. Right, boys? Yeah. What yeah I, I mean, like it should happen. But considering Cliff Kingsbury was supposed to go to the Raiders and that seemed agreed upon, you just never know until it's it's a done deal. But uh, by all accounts, he's going to be their new OC. So let, let's talk about that. Uh, Brendan, I know you, you've, you've already kind of said some things on this. So, so uh, let, let's, let's, let's go around the horn. What are you kind of thinking about this? What were the Raiders thinking about? Was it just the fact that they lost out to Cliff Kingsbury and you know, it was, this is the second place or as, as we're seeing in a lot of places, the well-respected Luke Getze, uh, how do you guys kind of think this, this all kind of came to, together? Let's go Brendan, Cam, uh, Logan, and I will finish it up. It's really interesting because it's a total departure from what they were going to have with Cliff Kingsbury. And by all accounts, that was a contractual issue. At least that's what it's being portrayed as in the media from Adam Schefter. So whether he wanted too much money or whatever the case, that ended up getting scrapped. And then he starts getting rumored to Washington almost immediately. And then Luke Getze is kind of their backup plan. It just seems really weird to kind of pivot from somebody who runs that air raid college system like Cliff Kingsbury does to whatever the hell Luke Getze does. And a lot of people, cause it's, it's really funny. Um, I love bears Twitter. I wouldn't be here without bears Twitter, but it's just so funny when everyone's like, you know what? Don't listen to other fans when it comes to other OC candidates, that the bears might interview because they're all wrong. But then when it's Luke Getze going somewhere, they're like, Oh, he's terrible. We're right. We're right in this instance because we, we lived it. They don't know, but we do. And I've been pretty consistent with my feelings on Luke Getze. I think that he wasn't a great offensive coordinator, but he was just a terrible fit with Justin Fields. Really, the biggest issue was the fact that the Bears paired him and Fields together for the last two years and expected them to create an offense that was capable of putting up like 25 points a game. That just didn't happen. And so now he goes to the Raiders and chances are he's probably going to have more of a traditional pocket passer. I don't know. Right now, Aiden O'Connell's there starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably gone. You don't really know who's going to, to be the quarterback there. They pick 13th. So I, I would expect them to have somebody who's more of a traditional, like, you know, three drop passer who gets the ball out quickly. And I think Getsy's going to do a little bit better there. I don't think it's going to be good or great by any means, because as you can see, and as we've seen, some of his route concepts were absolute dog shit. Some of his back to back to back screens and just not getting into a rhythm were awful. Some of his adjustments in game were awful. I mean, but at the same time, he did some good things. He established this, the leading rushing team in 2022 and the second leading rushing team in 23. So uh, I, I just, I'm not up in arms about this. I think it's going to be okay. I'm, you know, I, I just don't like the extreme views of, well, it's all Luke Getzey's fault for why Justin Fields didn't develop when he played a part in it, but both guys just were not right for each other. Yeah. I, I, I think it screams of a scramble hire. Like I think it is exactly what a team would do if, you had your dream OC candidate back out because you weren't paying him enough money and you needed to sort of save face quickly. Um, I don't know. I mean, like the OC stuff is sort of getting out of hand. I, in terms of like how much people look into it, I, I think that 
like Brendan said, he is not the worst OC that's ever existed, nor is he an impressive OC. Um, but I, I think it, if anything, it only sort of tips at what the Raiders plan to do with their quarterback. I think it just sort of gives a tiny inclination as to what that plan looks like in terms of the type of quarterback they're going to get. Um, I don't think I would be surprised if the Raiders trust Luke Getzey to change his scheme for the quarterback after watching Chicago. So like, that is why I think that they're just going to go, Hey, he's not flexible, so to speak, but he knows what he's doing within the stuff that he's good at. So we're fine with running that for now and we'll, and we'll move on and, or we'll adjust on the fly or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, I, if I was a Raiders fan, I wouldn't be doing backups by any mean, but he, he knows how to, run the football and that's not a bad thing um i know that you know everyone wants to throw the ball for four thousand yards but running the football is a useful part of the games and he's very good at it so he does he's not it's not you know a oh my god why did they do that higher but i have hours the raiders just because of what happened with kingsbury on top of that i would be bummed like if you just go decide luke gets he's your guy i don't agree with that but like I could hear the explanation for that. Having Kingsbury basically signing a contract and going, no, just kidding, I'm not going to do that. I'm out of here. Um, and then turning around and going, I guess we'll get Luke Getzey sort of screams. We never really wanted him, but we didn't have a choice. Yeah, I think for the most part, similar to like what Cam said at the beginning, I think a lot of these OCDC hires are are looked into a little bit too much. And I think this one's especially interesting just because of the situation that Getsy's finding himself in. I mean, there is so much unknown about this Raiders offense and let alone the fact that you're now about to have Antonio Pierce, who, you know, he spent the second half of the last season as interim head coach, but he's still entering his first full head coaching year. You have all of the trade rumors this past season with Devonte Adams. You don't really know what his future looks like. Josh Jacobs is a free agent. I'm pretty sure this off season and they don't know what is going to happen with him. So there, there's a lot of unknowns within the Raiders offense and that side of the ball to a certain point of like, I, I think at the end of the day, whatever happens with the Raiders offense, however they look, you're going to be able to point in so many different directions, um, which again, just kind of ties back to my original point, which is it's hard to find where to either lay blame or lay credit. You know, if the Raiders do end up being a, a competent or above offense, but I, yeah, like, like has been kind of said previously by, uh, by Brendan and Cam, I don't think I'm necessarily jealous of the Raiders, uh, but it definitely will be interesting with, with Pierce and him as that combo. It, it, it's clearly the second choice, but I also think it does speak volumes about how they feel about the was it Getzy or was it Justin Fields debate. I mean, the fact is that they were able to move on him quickly after Cliff said, no, I'm not going to be your guy. And so I, I do think that he probably interviewed really well. I do, I do think that he probably was saying a lot. Hey, I was I was handcuffed by Justin Fields not being able to run my system the way in which that I really wanted to run my system. Um, and I think there are a few things like, I, you know, Cam alluded to like being able to run the football as, as well as he did and having that stretch last year, uh, not this past season, but, but the year before where they were running the ball exceptionally well. And, but a large part of that is Justin Fields. You know, the thing that, that, that I was really thinking about a lot today is 
there are parts of Luke Getze's game that it doesn't matter that it was Justin Fields at quarterback. I, I don't think it would have mattered to anybody that was at quarterback. You know, in short down situations, he was just terrible. Just some of the decisions that he made, I, I, I just, I was scratching my head. You know, we, we talked about the screen thing. And, and while statistically it sounds like at least, you know, one of the, the guys I was talking to on Twitter today said the Bears actually ran fewer screens than other players, but they just didn't do them well, yet he continually called them, you know, and so I just... I, I mean, I, you know, he's got play calling experience, but I think Brendan hit the nail on the head. And I think it's very much as this was a bad fit. It was a bad fit for the bears. It was a bad fit for Justin Fields. And with new coaching staff, we're, we're going to see where, where things go. You know, I just, um, I, you know, he's no longer a Chicago bears coach. And so I'm, I'm ready to be done talking about Luke mm-hmm. Etsy, though. I am curious. I, I am going to be very curious about this. Does he do better with a quarterback probably that has a, a quick release that that's a, that's a, you know, read, read ball, see ball, throw ball, like guy, as opposed to what Justin Fields is, which we all know. And we, it's well-documented. We've talked about in this podcast a lot that Justin Fields holds onto the football too long. And you do get the sense that, that, that Luke would like a guy that can sling it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the short answer. I don't know. Again, I don't know how well it's going to go. Like, I'm not saying the Raiders are going to have like a top 10 offense or anything. I think they're going to be middle of the pack, depending on who their quarterback's going to be. I'd, I'd be shocked if it's Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. But yeah, like, and you even saw it with Tyson Bajan too. Like, Tyson wasn't good, but he at least did the did what was expected of him and asked of him. And he was getting like one, two, three balls out. And you're talking about an undrafted rookie free agent then. Now imagine if he gets somebody in that mold who is, and I'm just using this as, as an example, it's not going to happen, but like Kirk Cousins um, or somebody else like Bo Nix or something who they could pick in the teens of the draft. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am intrigued. I am interested to see like what it looks like. And, you know, just as not only as a Bears fan, but like as a football fan, like I want to see if that works with another team, especially now that you said, Ryan, that he has prior play call experience now. He didn't have that before he came to the Bears. Yeah, I think also too, like it, he, he came up with Aaron Rodgers, right? So like, I wonder if his comfort zone is not necessarily having to bring a 22 year old along and his comfort and like to the point that Brennan was making, like, you know, you said Kirk Cousins, like I, I, I don't think it's as implausible as people think. I think the Raiders go, hey, look, we kind of like we're the Raiders. We have to make an impact. We'll bring Luke Etsy in. We'll bring in a, a veteran QB who doesn't necessarily need to be taught the game as much as he needs to be implemented into the system. And Luke Etsy seems to sort of, you know, if, if, if we believe that he earned his job with the Bears in the first place, it was by being sort of a partner in crime, so to speak, with a veteran quarterback. So I wonder if that is a more comfortable role than a than a a teacher or a tutor or whatever is someone that you can talk to sort of on the same level, if that makes sense, as opposed to being like, I have to go teach this guy. Oh, and he's just in fields and he doesn't really fit into what I want to teach him in the first place. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole different job. If you give Kirk Cousins for the, for this example comes in and goes, Hey man, I'm on board. Like we're on the same page here. You don't need to teach me. Just like, tell me how your system works. Like, I wonder if that fits gets you more than the, 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 the leader and teacher of young men routine, so to speak. Boys, I want to get to the Cliff Kingsbury news, which is very recent. He is going to be going to the Washington Commanders, not the Raiders, as we've just kind of been talking about a little bit. Um, you know, definitely some people kind of, 
uh, reading the tea leaves, you know, a little bit maybe, and, and Logan, I, I am going to put this up here for all of our audio only listeners. Uh, you may want to check us out on YouTube. You're going to be excited about this. <laughs> we're going to put, we're going to put our tin hats on just a little bit. Um, Carol. <laughs> And we're going to definitely be doing that a little bit later too. Um, and so, you know, I, I am, I am curious boys. Uh, do you think that this means that, that Washington is really trying to move up to get uh, Caleb Williams to, to move over one spot or is it simply, Hey, this was the best guy that they wanted. And so they went out and got him. What, what do we kind of think about that boys? It, it just feels like it was, just ended up kind of being like, I, f- I don't know. There's something with Cliff Kingsbury where I feel like just we're inclined to make something out of it, no matter what, just because he's this beautiful, uh, amazing looking human being, a uh, specimen of a man. But uh, I don't know. You, you made that weird hire in Dan Quinn, who is clearly obviously a defensive minded head coach. So maybe they wanted an OC who is, I mean, we all know Cliff Kingsbury. He, he loves his offense and, and that spread stuff. So I, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it makes sense as a pairing to a lukewarm hire of a head coach. And maybe that Washington owners, the new ownership group kind of realizes the, the viewing of or how the optics might be of Dan Quinn being hired. So they went out with a little bit more of a splash for the OC. But um, as far as all the, the Caleb Williams stuff, it's just, I, I it's, it's hard to connect the dots. I don't know. They're right behind the bears at two who knows, but uh, to me, I, I feel like he's a better compliment to Dan Quinn than, anything else cam any thoughts on it yeah i i'm sort of finding myself trying to not be as tin hat tin barrel hatty as i automatically like like i'm jumping to conclusions kind of irresponsibly um you know this is an organization that wants to make a big splash they want to really distance themselves from where they were a year ago two years ago you know they they were basically in on ben johnson until that fell apart like they're trying to make big hires caleb williams is from dc caleb williams knows cliff kingsbury of all the caleb williams rumors that have been popping around the last couple days or week or whatever like the one that everyone sort of agreed upon was like oh like they are super in on on cliff kingsbury so I think whether they the, the Washington Commanders do actually make the trade versus whether they want to or different conversations. Like, but I do think they are actively going. Hey, we are going to put all our eggs in this one specific scenario, and if it doesn't work out, Cliff Kingsbury still knows offense, and we have Drake May, and he can probably, you know, there are worse pairings in the league than Drake May and Cliff Kingsbury, even if it's not Caleb Williams, but. At a certain point, you know, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, then like it, it, it's hard for me to not say, hey, something's going on here. Like there are too many things happening. I don't necessarily think it's going to, but I think the attempt is there. I I want to like – so I, I think part of that is true. I think that Washington is very interested in trading down for Caleb. They'll probably put together an enticing trade package for the Bears – but I don't think they're they're putting all the eggs in the Caleb Williams basket because otherwise that is a super that is so irresponsible to just then you know say like hey we are like focused on this guy even though we don't have a chance to get him right now because the Bears are guys the Bears are picking first they have priority over everybody <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's the funny thing and I'm not picking on camera anything it's it's a lot of people like on Twitter just 
basically saying, oh my God, that's it. Caleb's going to be a commander. And it's like, have you people realized that they don't pick before the Bears? And if the Bears and Ryan Poles likes Caleb Williams, they're going to take Caleb Williams. And now Cliff Kingsbury, he's spent a total of one season with him and the USC Trojans. And he was, I think, like a senior offensive assistant. He wasn't even the OC. He was just kind of there. So what this tells me is that no matter what, Washington is going to be taking a quarterback. Shocker. But that they want to bring somebody in with somebody who has experience calling both college and NFL to kind of ease that transition. So whether it is Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jane Daniels, or Bo Nix, because I love Bo Nix. Um, it's not going to be Bo Nix. But the point is, like, they are giving him somebody who has experience in that realm with college and NFL. I just don't think it's fully tied to Caleb Williams. And I feel like a lot of people are jumping to conclusions. And the people who are panicking that's saying, like, well, that's it. He's definitely a commander. Again, the Bears pick first. Mm-hmm. First comes before two, right? I think one before two. It might, mm-hmm. it might be, I, yeah, I, I, wa- I want to wear my tin hat just a little bit here. Like, cause why not? We're having fun. It's not what I actually believe, but I, I think it would be interesting if, if Washington is making that move uh, with the intention of giving a lot of giving a big offer to Chicago, uh, you know, for the first overall pick, you know, it, it, I, th- I think, but like every Bears fan, I've got a lot of feelings surrounding this whole thing. You know, I, I, Brendan, you, when you were on NBC Sports Chicago, you said this so brilliantly and it just, you, you encapsulated, I think, exactly how I feel. Like my, my heart wants to keep Justin Fields for his leadership qualities, like he, his character, right? Like it, some of his superstar playability at times. His inconsistency is something that that makes me think, eh, but you said, you know, my heart wants him to stay, but my head knows that Caleb Williams is probably the move. And, you know, I, I know we've kind of gone back and forth, a, a lot of us have, on, on the good things about Caleb and the not so good things about Caleb. And I, I find myself in a place that I didn't necessarily expect. I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards the, I think it's time to pick Caleb Williams, despite the flaws that are there. And, 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 and move forward. It's not about resetting the clock. It's just the fact is, you know, so many people are just talking about how this kid, not generational, but, but that he is, he is special in a way that Justin Fields isn't. And while you're going to miss out on that leadership, maybe, maybe the character, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't say anything bad about Caleb Williams. Um, but but, you know, if Washington is willing to to put together a package to say, we really want this kid and anyone in the building is leaning more towards the Justin Fields thing, maybe that pushes the needle back the other direction to say, hey, all these other organizations want this guy. Make sure that you do your homework and you don't keep Justin Fields just because he is a good character guy and, he, and, he, and he's a leader in the locker room. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I think Justin Fields may may still be in play, but I put it at maybe like a 15% chance. Like the thing that tells me that if the bears are willing to move off from that number one overall pick and give up on Caleb Williams, that means that they have a higher quarterback ahead of him, somebody like may or Daniels. Mm -hmm. And they said, we're okay letting this go because we like this guy either just as much or better. Because if you're just saying, well, we can get more assets, but we're missing out on our guy that's not good football business or that's, that's not a good football decision because if you like your guy and you have him graded and you think he is by far the best quarterback or at least, you know, consensus, the best quarterback in the class, you go and get him. Um, 
So I, I just think if even if they move down to like that two or three or whatever, I still think another rookie quarterback could be in play. But still, we're we're a month away from the combine. Those interviews still need to happen. Um, individual pro days as well as visits still need to happen. So a lot of work needs to go into who these quarterbacks are and what kind of fit they'll be with the Bears. Boys, we really haven't talked about this one. Uh, Harbaugh to the Chargers. Uh, there is definitely a big part of my heart that 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 really like this one. Like it hurt. Um, just the fact that you know, I I still don't think Matt Eberflus is the guy. I know that if Captain Flus Jack Wright was was here, uh, he would try to tell me all the great things that that Matt Eberflus has done. Um, but I just I feel like the Bears had a golden opportunity to to really try to lure um, someone who who's a nut job, but but he could be our nut job. Um, and uh, you know, I just. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it kind of hurts a little bit. Um, we're going to move forward because he's now the head coach of the Chargers. I think that uh, him and Justin Herbert, I think are going to do really, really, really well together. How are you, how are you boys kind of feeling about this one? Great. Uh, like I, <laughs> uh, I, I have no skin in the game. So, you know, I, as, as great as I can feel for not really having an opinion, but you know, he wins at like, he, it is such an easy argument for me because he just wins everywhere and he wins a lot everywhere. Like it, it for me, people are like, Oh, well, I don't know. Like I just, yeah. Like he, he maybe flames out in four years cause he's difficult to work with, but that is not new in the NFL. Like he's not the, the, the first, you know, weirdo coach to coach football and he just wins everywhere he goes overwhelmingly. So, so like, the Chargers desperately need someone to actually win at some point, and uh, mm-hmm. so I think it's a, I think it's the best coaching hire of the offseason because it's just so so many times you hire coaches and go oh well like it didn't go super well here but it went well there it didn't go super well here but it went well there what are we gonna get with Harbaugh it's just like oh everywhere he goes he just wins like seventy five percent of his games like that that is as sure of a thing as you're gonna get in the NFL and so I think. Spending the money that it took to get him is as good as an investment as you can do. Yeah, it feels like dirty for me to be like, man, I wanted Harbaugh on the Bears because, like, Dangle, you know how much I despise Michigan. Brendan, Cam, you'll you'll learn that. I really don't like Michigan and and the, just things about it. So I would like in in relation to that, and haven't been a big Harbaugh guy because he is one of those people where he he is he's in kind of a weirdo and he does things the way that he does them. But I think the difference between Harbaugh and his like weirdoness and other like people in the NFL world is like Harbaugh is like, I actually truly believe that he's a weirdo. Like, I think he truly believes the things that he says. And like Cam was saying, it's just, it's a proven track record of success at every stop that he has been to. And the, just the, the thing about hiring him, you know, the, the reason that I wanted the bears to do is because in the NFL, you just have to take big swings, which is another argument that can kind of be taken to the Caleb Williams, Justin Fields thing is like in the NFL, like, you look at the the guy who's about to play in what is fourth Super Bowl in Patrick Mahomes, like that man's going to own the league for the next at least 10 years. And there's other just elite quarterbacks and elite head coaches that are out there for the long haul. So you have to take big swings. And I think that this is a big swing for the Chargers and not even to say that it's a huge risk either, because again, like we've all said, he's a proven winner. Uh, I also feel like it's the perfect fit for Harbaugh because 
having, you know, been in LA now for two plus years, I can definitely confirm that the chargers are second fiddle here. It's not that people are like obsessed with the Rams. There's not like some huge contingent, but like they are definitely second fiddle here. And I think that Jim Harbaugh works very well with a chip on his shoulder, which is exactly what he is going to get by coaching a team that goes into a stadium and probably sees the branding of another team all, all around that stadium. That's going to piss Jim Harbaugh off beyond anything. So it's it's perfect i don't love him but he's a very good coach and it's a good hire oh my god that's a that's such a good point i didn't even think of like jim harbaugh's going to a place that they don't even Mm -hmm. own that they're paying rent to the other tenant in town and it's It's very like yeah like he could use that so much and just you know instill that in his players um no yeah i mean you guys have said pretty much everything i wanted to say uh he's a weirdo but he's i think he's an aware weirdo um I just also like while my heart wanted the Bears to to get him, I just knew it wasn't going to be a possibility because this isn't how they do things. They're afraid of those big personalities and guys who are going to push the envelope on certain issues. And I just don't know about like the control with Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren. And it sounds like he and Warren kind of battled it out when they were both in college with the Big Ten. So my I guess I was resigned that it was never going to happen, but I was hopeful that like maybe they would actually try something different and put egos aside and say, Hey, this is a guy we can win with because obviously he's won everywhere. Um, and you can pair him up well with a rookie quarterback likely. Um, also I think it's interesting. Justin Herbert's going on his fifth coach, uh, sorry, Mm -hmm. third coach in five years. And the dude continues to ball. (laughs) Is Justin Herbert, a coach killer embrace debate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's amazing that he continues to to put up those like insane numbers. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to ball out no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how good of a quarterback he is, man. He's the Jake Cutler of Los Angeles. No, no, definitely. I don't know let's, if he wants let's, to let's, be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want that. Let's not do that to Justin. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, one more thing, boys, before we go to break down the, the, the Bears coaching hires, which I am very excited to get your guys' takes. You are some really smart dudes, and I'm, I'm really interested to get your opinions on this. Um, I do think it's definitely something to talk about the Bears, and Arlington Heights schools uh, are about $100 million apart. Um, I know there's some other stuff there, but, you know, Brendan, I know you're, you're probably itching to get in on this a little bit, but uh, I'll just say this as someone who lives in the Chicago suburbs, um, there was a real excitement amongst the, the the surrounding areas, not in Arlington Heights necessarily, but in the surrounding areas about like, hey, it's going to be easier for me to get to games, the facilities, like the, what the Bears are kind of drawing out looks to be amazing. There's going to be parking. I'll just say that again. There's going to be actual parking uh, that, that's going to you know make it make it easy. It, it won't be the lakefront, which Soldier Field and Lakefront. It is absolutely gorgeous. I was there for the for the Arizona uh, Cardinals game, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful spot, um, but to have a, a, a state of the art stadium, um, really excited about it. And and conversations with some friends that live in Arlington Heights, they couldn't get over the traffic situation, which. I mean, eight, maybe nine games a season. I, I don't. Yeah, you're just I, gonna deal with it. I like I, and also too the amount of money that it would bring into that community, yeah. the amount of jobs that it would create. Um, and they're like, nah, but the traffic. I, I, I just don't. You know, there's 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 more for me to say about those specific Arlington High School districts. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll just, I'll just try to say like, I, I don't. I don't get it. 
I don't understand because they seemingly are fighting this tooth and nail when it is seemingly a golden opportunity. Brendan, I know you, you've probably got some, some thoughts on this one as well. Yeah, I, I just, well, as far as the school districts go, I think, you know, especially considering the people you've talked with, you could probably speak to that a little bit better than I can, but um, it does, it seems like just a squandered opportunity where these two sides can continue to not be able to, you know, find common ground. And this is like, I think either the second or third assessment that they've gone back from, they've like bridged the gap a little bit, but you know, it's not even close to what it needs to be. Um, I'm just disappointed. One, I've said this on the show so many times. I'm biased. I live in the Northwest suburbs. This would be so convenient for me. (laughs) I mean, um, but not only that, like it just stinks that the last three years we've kind of been going in the direction of the bears are interested in this land. That's about to become available. Then they put in a bid to actually purchase it in 2021. It's two and a half years ago. Then they spend this entire time going over the evaluations, make sure the property is in good shape, seeing that, you know, talking to the surrounding towns and municipalities, making sure that, you know, they can get their buy-in on things that need to happen because yes, infrastructure was going to be part or it still could be part of what's going to change, like widening roads and making things a little bit easier. Um, I don't know how this all works. A shout out to my guy, Rob Schwartz Jr. at uh, Bear Goggles On. He seems to have a little bit more idea, a little bit better idea of what goes into this stuff where he's told me that um, companies and organizations plan for these tax assessments, like low, mid, and very high extreme cases just to be prepared. It sounds like this blew them out of the water. But I'm also wondering, like, how was this not sort of like thought of, or at least like, hey, this could be a problem going into the future. And you know what? It's because the bears conduct their business decisions just like they do with their personnel decisions. Because as you remember, Ted Phillips was the one who spearheaded this whole project before he left. And then he got 95% of the way there. Then he retired. Kevin Warren takes over and he's like, okay, you take it to the finish line, buddy. They purchased the the, uh, the property in last February. They close on it. It's theirs. They start demolition, and then you start start hearing Kevin Warren talk about, yeah, well, we're we're open for business, and I really like the lakefront. I really like downtown, and it just feels like he's always had this vision. Not not even just going back to like the financials and everything, but he's always had this vision of keeping the Bears in Chicago, and I understand that. And I'm not gonna like say that's a bad move by any means because I think it's what where the Bears have always been. And I'll adjust and everybody else will adjust, but it just feels like we've wasted three years now, three precious years that nothing's happened, even though they've come together with stadium, not stadium designs, but land designs on how they could use the land and have a whole presentation on it. And now here we are where they're shifting focus completely. And I I just hate that nothing can ever align for this freaking team, no matter what it is, whether it's a coach and a quarterback or a freaking stadium property and a president like it's just this is how, this is so bears that's all it is i'm excited to talk about this because i think this is the first time ever that i have just like passionately disagreed with you guys about this yes! so, like i'm yes! very excited about this um, let's go i first of all i will say i the, the the latter half of brendan's rant i totally agree with like it is it is organizational dysfunction at at its finest, if, it, if that's what it is. I am not entirely sure that it's not just a level of posturing that we're not used to seeing. Like I I don't, 
I think the Bears are still playing hardball. You know, I don't think it is as totally, truly up in the air as it, it sort of was made to seem this this week. Um, I don't think stadiums make money. I don't think, you know, economics say that they don't really create jobs. They don't really bring in, you know, like mounds of cash for the neighborhoods they're in. I certainly don't really have a lot of sympathy for the wealthiest suburb of Chicago in terms of missing out on that money. Um, so I, I also just feel passionately about, you know, the lakefront as well. Like, I, I think it's just such a cool, not only like, is it a cool opportunity, but there's land to be had there. Like, it's not like, you know, oh, we have to go figure out where to put a stadium because there isn't space. Like, there is space for a different type of stadium there. So it could be done. Um, it's not just, oh, the buildings look cool in the background. Like, there is a viable path there. I get that you know, people are going to sit in traffic, but I haven't grown up in DC. Let me tell you, just because the stadium's not in DC doesn't mean there's no traffic. Like there, every, every single NFL game, there's traffic regardless of where the stadium mm-hmm. is every, everywhere, everywhere. Like the, any, you're going to sit in traffic going to a, a any event where there are 90,000 people going like that is just the reality of the situation. So, um, I would be stoked if it was stayed in Chicago. I, I, I don't, I think that is the better move. I, I think, if we're going to get into like the brand conversation as dopey as it kind of is compared to wins and losses and, you know, actual football, I think it's much better for the brand to be in Chicago for whatever that's worth. You know, it could be nothing, but um, I, I, I think it's a smart idea. I think, I think both the city of Chicago and the last bears organization were both kind of shooting themselves in the foot by the way they negotiated with each other. Um, and I, I think that's, play both of them being tough guys didn't help anyone um and i i think you know you could probably get into a conversation about how poorly the last chicago you know political administration did dealing with the bears and how that played into what happened there like i don't think you know lori life got got quoted out because she bungled the bears conversation but i think it played a part in it um so i i think generally speaking it is a good idea to engage in good faith and, and i think that there is a good plan to be had if you want to stay in chicago and i don't think that moving them out to the suburbs is as much of a golden goose as people want it to think it is so i was happy with the news i i certainly understand why you know, a lot of season ticket holders live in the area where the stadium would be. So I, I get why they would be very mad and there'd be a very vocal contingents of people that are mad about it. But I, I do think there are legitimate reasons why it's a good idea to stay in Chicago besides the B-roll before games would look cool. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, let me preface this, but I don't have that much to add to this conversation. Not being in the <laughs> Chicago area, I'm amazed how little Chicago local news I get. So not covering this, but it's it's like out here in LA when you're watching a uh, like Chargers or Rams game and they do a shot of like the Santa Monica Pier, which is like 45 minutes away from where the actual stadium is. And I'm like, that's not even close. Um, but what, the one thing I will say is that I'm excited about maybe what, 10 years from now, we can talk about how, uh, the White Sox and Bears are potentially both uh, stringing along sub 500 seasons in new stadiums. So I hope that we, I hope that we get that soon. Jesus Christ, man! All right, I have, I want to, re- I want to re- um, have a rebuttal to Cam's question or Cam's response because I will say, and I think Ryan feels the same way too. We are suburbanites. We are very biased. Like it's, yeah, it's easier for me to get to Arlington Heights than it was to, uh, to Chicago. I was just in Arlington Heights a few hours ago before the show. 
Um, but my issue with keeping it on the lakefront, and especially like if you just tear down Soldier Field and you have it like on the parking lot, uh, just a little bit south or whatever, there's still no bars over there. There's still like nothing to do over there. No, seriously. Like I, I kind of hate that. Like it's not only a pain in the ass to get out, which I understand everywhere else is, but there's nothing going on over there. Like you have to walk like 25, 30 minutes to find the closest bar or closest like restaurant to hang out. And that's why like places like Wrigleyville, even the United center a bit, like there's stuff going on around there. That was kind of a draw for me for Arlington Heights. Like there's more going on in that entertainment area than just a game. You could do other things with Soldier Field and, you know, a potentially a stadium that's right there too. You're just kind of, it feels like you're on an island and you have to like take a long time to cross somewhere to find something. Yeah, that is true. I I laugh at the idea of not being able to find a bar in Chicago just because like, yeah, like, well, like yeah. you are you are you are right though. Like it is, they're not they're not close to Soldier Field. That if they were gonna build it on the lake, they would have to build stuff up and around it because it is I mean the stadium itself is a dump. Like they need a like regardless of where the stadium is, they need a new stadium. Whether that is in Arlington Heights or on the lakefront, that that could be a debate and will be a debate. But like everyone is like sitting in the seats at the stadium is an awful experience. Like um and so in that case it is needed but yeah i you know i think that i just think that the idea that moving them into the suburbs because then there will be a whole city of cool stuff is not always ends up being the case like you know the one out in phoenix there's not a whole lot going on out there you know the, the dallas is there's supposed to be this huge area not like i you know i have family in boston and they talk about patriot way being like this kind of sad lonely ghost town of places of bars that have like three people in them because no one actually like the, the the blueprints that you that go viral on twitter with all the, the lush trees and the and the bridges and the concerts that are happening during the game like that that it doesn't it, to me at least maybe this is anecdotal it does not seem like that those end up ever actually being reality. It seems like more often than not, there is a, you know, a Doug Flutie bar next to the Patriot stadium. And that is kind of it. And that more often than not, people are either staying at home or going into the stadium to watch football, even if there is, you know, three Buffalo wild rings around the corner. Some great stuff, boys. Let's talk about coaches. I think that's essentially why we brought here. I think it was even in the title of this video, the Chicago Bears new coaches. So we're going to go ahead and show this uh, nifty little graphic that we have here. So we're going to talk about the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, the defensive coordinator, Eric Washington, quarterbacks coach, Kerry Joseph, running backs coach, Chad Morton, the wide receivers coach, Chris Beatty, and the passing game coordinator thomas brown um i am very interested to hear your guys's thoughts we're going to go around the horn if you don't have a lot to say boys that's totally fine um but if you do i definitely uh i want to hear what thoughts that you do have i know this may seem silly but sometimes like i like putting a face to the name and so with each coach i will throw up a, a picture so the first one that i have is shane waldron so just a quick little backup thing uh or background information excuse me that i have on shane waldron so the former Seahawks offensive coordinator becoming available as we talked about in previous podcasts because Pete Carroll is no longer the head coach and so becoming available. Uh, he started his coaching career in 2005 at Notre Dame. He coached the Patriots, uh, the Washington, uh, Los Angeles Rams, and then the Seattle 
Seahawks offensive coordinator from 2021 to 2023. He actually won two Super Bowl championships uh, while coaching the New England Patriots. Uh, he is the new head guy. So let's go around the horn. Uh, Brendan, Cam, and Logan, your thoughts on Shane Waldron that maybe hasn't already been said, boys. Yeah, I've said a lot on Shane Waldron even before he was hired. He was pretty much my top guy. Um, and by top guy, I mean top guy available because you're not, you weren't getting to Ben Johnson. You weren't getting like one of these, like, or like Dave Canales or somebody like that. Shane Waldron was going to be the best guy available. And I, I really like that they moved quickly on him too. They interviewed a lot of guys and they settled on him well before a lot of these other jobs were solidified. So they kind of had a jump on everybody else. Um, which, I mean, who knows? He could have gone somewhere else. He was having interviews at other places. Um, yeah, the, the biggest thing I have is that, obviously, he's developed different types of quarterbacks. His offenses have done decently well. He's employed a lot of uh, 12 and 13 personnel. So for those who don't know, that's like two one running back, two tight ends, or three tight ends. So a lot less like receiver movement sometimes, especially on early downs. Um and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but like a few guys that he's worked with before in the past are now with the Bears coaching staff. I like the continuity. I like the familiarity. We didn't see that in the last regime quite a bit. So I like that, like, even if it wasn't the most successful offense, the it's a familiar offense coming over and these guys are able to build off one another and have hopefully have success there. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what more, I don't know what more I need to say because it's been hammered a lot. I think he's been here for like two weeks, but um, I'm very, I'm happy with the hire. I'm not like over the moon about it. Like this is like the best, best case scenario because the best case scenario would have been firing Matt Eberflus. But considering the circumstances, I think this is a very good hire that the bears made. Yeah. I, you know, there are much smarter people than me that can tell you how his linemen block and what zones he runs, schemes he runs. And I'm, I don't know, so I'm not going to get into that. Um, he ended up being like one of the better hires just because of who didn't go to other jobs, right? Like, like when we were talking about him last couple of weeks, it was, oh, we're not like the Bears aren't going to get Ben Johnson. The Bears aren't going to get Bobby Slowick. And like, turns out no one got Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick. So like, it, it, the, to Brendan's point, I, I think it, if we're going to trash the Bears for all the things we can trash the Bears for, I, I do think they deserve credit for identifying a candidate and being aggressive and going and get someone who ended up being you know maybe hindsight's 2020 but he ended up being one of the if not the best offensive coordinator who was actually willing to make a lateral move so it's a good hire like like we'll see like the numbers are mixed but it seems like the bears have a plan and are attacking that plan with the sort of 100 percent aggression that i think people want to see from the bears in that sense so i think it's i think it is a it is a it was a good hire that has aged particularly well over the last two weeks yeah it feels like something that's not very bears like which is just kind of hiring a name that's you know flashy maybe is a little bit too much to put behind waldron but somebody who's been for an offensive coordinator who has been talked a lot uh, about a lot over the past, you know, few months and, and even years for 
his work and let alone just by itself resurrecting Geno Smith. But um, yeah, kind of similar to what Brendan and, and Cam have said, it's just, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know Waldron's exact scheme, but you're pairing him with a, a defensive minded head coach and Waldron has, has proved himself comes from that McVeigh tree. Might as well try that. So when it comes to, I guess, hiring coordinators, this feels like a little bit more fun and flashy than the bears might normally do. So I definitely uh, have no problem with it and I'm excited to potentially be MFing him, you know, a few months down the road. (laughs) Oh man. I hate being the wet blanket. And I, I, I need to say this, like as a whole group, like I, I, I don't have any beef. I, I, I think as you guys have said that this is probably the best group that was available to, to the Chicago bears. But I also like the people that are like, we finally got the perfect offensive coordinator. Like let's go. I don't, man, I I don't, I don't see it. Um, You know, so I'm going to put, give credit where credit is due at field goals. They are a Seattle Seahawks uh, podcast. They put this one out here tonight was the 50th time since 2012 that the Seahawks have failed to crack 300 yards of offense in a regular season game, 19 of those 50 have come under Shane Waldron. Um, I, I think there's a lot of his game that 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 is left to be desired. And, and I'm hoping, you know, the, the same we talk, said that maybe Luke Getze needed a change of scenery. Maybe Shane Waldron needed a change of scenery. Um, and, you know, I... I don't, I don't necessarily love the move. I, I get it. I think I understand why. And, you know, Brendan is well-documented, you know, that he's worked with a lot of different types of quarterbacks, but I do think bears fans that, that think that Shane Waldron is God's gift to offensive coordinators uh, need to really temper expectations. Um, like I said, I, I, I don't want to be a wet blanket. And I think that this group as a whole um, that there, there are some, some names to be somewhat excited about. And so, and putting them together, I think it is a far more competent staff than last year and competent is a huge step up from from what we had last season any other thoughts boys on shane waldron before we move on to talk about uh, our next coaches first two things one um logan hit it, hit the nail on the head just saying like yeah I'm, I'm very much looking forward to cursing his name on sundays at some point because we all know it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. like meeting somebody like hey shane nice to meet you i really look forward to being so pissed off at you next week yeah um you just know yeah but then two ryan you said something where like the staff feels comp competent i just got deja vu from two years ago i'm just gonna say that all right because everybody says and it's very like hey there's no way it's gonna be worse than last year because that was the worst it can get no it wasn't it can very much be worse so you're uh, yes i am excited about it i think it's gonna be good but I am kind of in that middle where I'm like, I'm not saying it's like the best hire. Things could definitely go south. And, you know, we could still see those issues that happen with the Seahawks. So it's just time is a flat circle. That's all it is. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So uh, let, let, let's move on. Now, I, this is one that I am actually excited about. So the Bears bringing in as their – sorry, that's a little more uh, – that's not as, as high-quality photo, 
photo as I thought that it was. Sorry about that, boys. Um, so the new defensive coordinator, Eric Washington, coming in from Buffalo as a defensive line coach. He started coaching in 1997 at Texas A&M. He actually coached uh, Chicago Bears from 2008 to 2010. Um, I mean, that, that, hey, that was that was a pretty good year, 2010, for the Bears, making it to the NFC North, uh, or sorry, the NFC Championship. Coached the Panthers from 2011 to 2019, and the Bills from 2020 to 2023. Had the moniker of assistant head coach and defensive line coach. Um, I, I mean, just coming from the, the, the bills, uh, he's, he's coached a lot of really good guys. Probably the one that I'm most excited about on this list. Um, same order boys, Brendan, Cam, Logan, your thoughts, boys. This one's definitely a good one. And I selfishly was hoping that Chris Harris would get the job just because we have familiar with Chris Harris, but Hey, they got a guy who coached him at one point. Sort of, even though he was defensive uh, line, whatever, still counts. Um, he did well with defensive lines during his time with Carolina and Buffalo. Um, this is a shout out to Jacob Infante, who pulled the stats. Um, seven, he had seven top 10 units since 2010 with defensive lines. So that goes, that's mainly the Panthers and the Bills. Uh, the Bears, I think it was like 17th or something, but that was also the first year that they got Julius Peppers and their interior was changing. So wherever he's gone, he's had a consistently good front four defensive line. And I know he's going to be the defensive coordinator, but he's not going to be calling plays. So the fact that his specialty is up front, I'm really intrigued about because truthfully, that's probably where the Bears' biggest weakness was on the defensive side, even with Montez Sweat coming in. Um, He's coached Julius Peppers multiple times. He's made Kawan Short a pro bowler. I'm going to say a name here that's very divisive, but he got the most out of this guy. Greg Hardy was insane. Yeah, I'm sorry. He is insane. I knew that was what that was going. But he was really freaking good um, with Eric Washington coaching him. So I'll just say that. Um, And then Ed Oliver with the Bills. So he's had success with different guys across different teams and really different generations at this point. Um, He's got a hard-nosed style. I think he's got a Naval Academy background. Um, so he really like is disciplined. He expects the most out of his guys. Corey Wooten talked on CHGO that like, Hey, he's straightened. Like he had a straight man. Like he was, you know, coming in and making sure the work got done and making sure that, you know, everybody was attentive to the, uh, to the details. And so I think that actually is a pretty good uh, contrast with Matt Eberflus's style because Eberflus is a player's coach. He kind of seems a little bit more happy go lucky a little bit, that's probably not the best term, but you know what I mean? And then you have Washington, who's really going to lay down the law as the DC. I think that's going to be really good for this team going forward. So um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good hire. Yeah. It seems like everyone agrees like that, right? Like they the excitement is there way more than I think for any other hire. Um, if we're talking about guys that have had their best careers under him, Old friend Leonard Floyd may have had his best mm, year. Um, and old friend, I, that is my hot prediction, is that old friend Leonard Floyd comes back um, this mm. year. So, yeah, it seems like a good hire. You know, I'd be lying if I said I'd done a ton of research into, like, if it's a good fit or not. Um, but there's an excitement there that does, seems to sort of overpower any other hire in terms of, like, the Bears hires this year. Like, it, it's everyone seems to be on the same page in terms of him being – what everyone's most excited about. And I think Brendan's point about that was great. Is that like it, the personality match seems to be a good idea. Like that seems to the, it seems to fit well in terms of what Eberflus does as a, you know, to use the terrible expression, a leader of men, like his personality in that way, the, 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 the yin yang 
works for me. I don't know if it's going to work at all, but the idea of it would make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know Eric Washington from Timmy Washington as of like two days ago. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can like break it down for you. But uh, hearing that he's a defensive line guy is huge just because I, I swear there's been so many over the, the years that, you know, we've been doing this podcast. I know like before a few seasons, it's always like, okay, the defensive line just feels so like tepid and you know we got Montez sweat now and that's fantastic and hopefully he can help him even unlock another level to his game but you know you still got to add talent I think that that there's a ways to go still there for the Bears defensive line but it's not a secret that in the NFL now you need to be able to rush the passer in an elite elite way and if you're bringing in someone who you know that's their specialty in the defensive line that that makes me excited and hopefully we continue to uh, to see those classic bears defenses that we know and love yeah I, again i've already said it i'm kind of excited uh, i think matt vanderzan and talking about it they had some youth for buffalo greg Rousseau has some parallels to dexter i think that's that's a great point i just again of all the coaches that, that i'm naming off this list he's probably the one that i'm that i'm most excited about boys let, let's move on let's let's uh talk uh so next is the quarterbacks coach um he also coming from seattle he was the assistant quarterback coach um so he played db in the nfl and nfl Europe. Wow. Where Logan, were you even alive for NFL Europe? <laughs> I, I I remember hearing about it. Don't think I was though. <laughs> yes, you were. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, wasn't that long ago, was it? Yeah, it was like the yeah. mid two thousands. Uh, so he played quarterback in uh, the Canadian Football League. He coached with the Saints, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, Seattle. Uh, and so he, he's got some experience. I know I, I, I did talk to a buddy of mine who uh, said, hey, man, you know, the fact that he's played DB, um, you know, maybe helps a little bit, but he would have preferred a guy that has played his career exclusively there. You know, I don't I don't know that I'm going to necessarily pick on that one per se. I do. Um, I do want to bring up this. I think this is interesting. You know, uh, TJ Brooks, who is our our, our Canadian friend, right, uh, to, to say. Uh, Kerry Joseph makes me feel the same way. Guy played quarterback for the rivals of my CFL team and beat us in the Grey Cup. So I have my feelings. So, you know, he, he's played he's played at a high level. Uh, so, so there is, there is that, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, played for the wrong CFL team. Sorry, TJ, uh, sorry to make, make you feel bad about it, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And this one doesn't really move the needle for me, but it doesn't make me angry either. So I think that that part is, is kind of important. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I do. I do remember playing NFL Europe, uh, Madden that that's, yeah, that's going way back. Kirk Kittner, uh, famous NFL Europe quarterback with the bears. That's your. Random <laughs> trivia thing for the day, whatever. Kurt Kidner, I think he was an Illini, right? Yeah, he, he was. was an Illini. Look at hey, you. look at this guy. Wow. Learn something new every day. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> so, as far as Kerry Joseph goes, this might be the hire I'm most nervous about just because he has the least amount of coaching experience, assistant quarterbacks coach. I know this is a step up for him, and I think it's great. Obviously, Waldron trusts him because, you know, it seems like there was, what, like one or two guys interviewed for the quarterback position job, and then at least publicly, and Kerry Joseph gets it. Yeah, I'm just – how could I not be nervous? Like, the Bears are very likely turning over a rookie quarterback to somebody like this who has very little experience, and he is tasked with helping develop this guy to become the franchise quarterback that this team has not seen in 
you know, half a century, basically no pressure. It's all good. Um, I, I just, I worry about it a little bit. He doesn't have much of a track record. He could very clearly knock it out of the park and be one of these higher risers, but, um, I don't know enough about him to feel confident that he is going to, you know, be that great quarterback coach that this, uh, that this quarter rookie quarterback needs. So, um, I, I could have blind faith and say, I trust everything that this team is doing, but that would be a little bit disingenuous because <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I'm nervous. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think we are very close to the splitting hairs section of NFL off season discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I remember it was either 18 or 19. I was, it was like every Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, the Bears would bring all their assistant coaches in for one day and you could just like talk to any of them. And since there were 12 or 13 of them, like you could get a lot of one-on-ones. And I remember talking briefly with a couple of people with Dave Ragone and I was like, hey man, like, sorry, this is a dumb question, but what does a quarterback coach do? Um, And I found out that like, you know, and this may not be the case anymore. And it may be because Dave Ragone's not there anymore. And it is, it was way more of a, confidant position than it was a teacher position in terms of hey man your elbows up your shoulder like it is way more of a um a a a a sounding board and someone to sort of keep you uh, sort of check in with you personally and at least that's what he said his role was and maybe that's different but it was it was way more in terms of hey i'm your friend in the building than i am your Mm -hmm. teacher so to speak so uh, in that sense i i the, the point i'm making is that i don't think this QB hot coach hire is going to make or break whether a quarterback plays well. Like I think in terms of teaching and in terms of philosophies, a lot of that is starts over the quarterback's coach in terms of the OC and the head coach. Um, and so if this is a guy that can get along with whatever quarterback is in the room there, like that makes it kind of a good hire in and of itself, just because that it, to my knowledge is what the role was. So it doesn't worry me in terms of a schematic fit, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, the bears aren't going to win or lose the division because of their quarterback's coach. And so not to dismiss them, the, 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 the hire, you know, it's an important job. It's an important role, but I, I think, I think this is a place where bears fans could save themselves some trouble and just not worry about it. Hey, speak for yourself. I was up until at least 4 a.m. last night thinking about how Kerry Joseph is about to impact the Chicago Bears cam. So it, I'm going to heed your advice that. tonight. I will, I'll sleep tonight now that you said that. But last okay, night good, I was, good, good. was not good. Um, or just like wait till 2 a.m. instead. Like don't those are the final two hours. Don't worry about that. Exactly. No, but all I do uh, know about Kerry Joseph is he's bringing another acronym to Chicago. DTA is how he uh, – uh, does uh, you know his quarterback decision timing accuracy? So we've got some more acronyms coming at us. So folks, learn it. You're one letter off from making that very weird. Yep, um, I was about to, I was about to say DT. Yeah, wait, <laughs> um, that one. Can I just say real quickly that anecdote by Cam? You could if you just farted into the mic for the next five episodes, <laughs> just nothing else. That would still be worth having you on the show for because that was like one of the best things. I've heard like that. So one. I can go. I'm good to go. I'm out of here. No. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could just like you know <laughs> yeah. take the rest of the night off. Like that was okay. worth it. That cool. that uh, that cool. was a great anecdote, man. Like that was um, that I learned yeah. something today. There's a reason why Cam was at the top of our list to be part of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. 
And Cam, for some reason, he said yes. And now you're stuck, dude. I don't, I don't. I just have a treasure trove of quarterback coach one on one conversations I need to tell someone about. <laughs> My parents don't want to hear about Dave Ragone. And <laughs> oh, do I have a story for you guys? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a name that goes way back, too. All right. So, you know, I'm going to actually, I'm going to bounce this one to, to I was going to say this for last, but I do think it's interesting that, you know, we, we, we talk about Thomas Brown, who, to my knowledge, Brendan, correct me if I'm wrong, the Bears did not have a passing game coordinator this past season. Am I correct in that? I don't think they did. Yeah, so Thomas Brown, who was the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, which, um, you know, there, there's some not some great stuff there. But this guy, has he's had a lot of coaching experience getting uh, – so he played for the Falcons and the Browns uh, from 2008 to 2010, got his coaching start at the University of Georgia, and then moved all his way through to the Los Angeles Rams from 2020 to 2022. Uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Rams while he was there, and then was the Panthers' offensive coordinator. I know there was some conversations about him being a, a, a head coaching candidate, which I also want to bring up this point so matt vanderzanen who dude like you're you're in fuego tonight uh, you literally kind of stole this one and and you know what i was kind of thinking a little bit about brendan when you said you were nervous was maybe you know some of that stuff that has you nervous maybe falls a little bit more on thomas brown who has coached at the collegiate level coached at the professional level he's a, a, a greater experience uh coaching maybe that and, and and maybe this is just a chance for Kerry Joseph to, to kind of learn along the way. Um, and so, you know, I feel like Thomas Brown makes me feel not as nervous about Kerry Joseph. Brennan, how do you, how do you feel about that? That's a fair point. And again, knowing kind of like, as Cam said about Dave Ragone, it makes me feel a little bit different about that because Walter probably could have seen him as somebody like a confidant as somebody who has helped uh, Drew Locke and Geno Smith through, you know, maybe not like coaching per se, but like, Hey, you know, these guys vibe with him pretty well. And he's somebody who can work with a younger quarterback like that. So I do feel a little bit better about that. With Thomas Brown, I'm both equally happy about the hire and confused because passing game coordinator for somebody like Thomas Brown, like the Panthers sucked as a, as a passing team. They were last in terms of um, passing yards per game. They were tied for last with points per game. Their rushing was pretty good where Thomas Brown has had previous experience. So I, I guess I'm just, I was a little surprised to see him be like a pass game coordinator versus a run game coordinator. But look, he's very well respected by his players. He was voted the second most popular offensive coordinator by the NFLPA. So players clearly took a liking to him. Um, this one, I'm just sort of, like very, you know, intrigued, I guess, to see how this is going to work out in terms of like what passing game coordinator, like what that role per, pertains to uh, with the Bears. I just don't know if he was going to be like the, I just didn't see him as the right fit for that particular job, but I'm very happy that he's on the staff because I think you build in kind of that successor opportunity because he did work with Waldron as well, where if something happens in the next couple of years, maybe he knocks it out of the park. You have somebody who has had previous offensive coordinator experience and some play calling experience to take that over. So um, yeah, just, uh, you know, really intriguing that they brought him in specifically for that role. I, my main takeaway, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to phrase this as a question because I'm kind of curious about what you guys think in terms of what it says about the bears that they found a way to hire someone that they turned, that they interviewed for a better job said no to, 
and then still managed to bring him in at a lesser job that not only he interviewed for, but he all previously had. Like he basically took a demotion at a company that he interviewed for and for a different job and didn't get like that. It is a crazy, like in any other field, that would be a very weird set of circumstances. Like I just went and interviewed at Deloitte and they were like, well, you're not going to be vice president, but you'll be sales associate. And I was like, hell yeah, I love Deloitte. Like get me in wherever I can go. So I, I, I don't know if it's going to make or break the offense. I'm just curious what it says about the state of the Bears and the, the, what they're, the staff they're putting together and if there is even anything to be said about that or if he just didn't really have options and this was a good as any uh, you know other opportunity or if the Bears are secretly, like I hate to say it, like an alluring place to work all of a sudden. Oh God! Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Logan just pooped his pants by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, now I got to put an explicit warning on just for that. So thanks, yeah. thanks, Logan. Um, but keep, before you go, Logan, I just just one thing that I just want to throw out there. There's there's a rumor circulating around that the Bears opened up, which is this is crazy. They open up their wallets and are actually paying their offensive coaches a, a considerable amount. And so I wonder if it's simply that or it's an opportunity to, to showcase what they can do. Sorry, Logan, I didn't mean to steal any thunder. No, no, you're good. Um, I feel like it has to say something good about Shane Waldron and how much he believes in him. And then I also, you know, like Brendan said, it's like, you're, you hired this guy to be the passing game coordinator and he his job last year was to orchestrate an offense with you know the number one overall pick and he couldn't get it done and it looked it was horrible the Panthers got shut out their last two games they scored zero points over their last two games so yeah maybe some of you know the Panthers struggle this past year maybe he could have done more but I also think when you're the Bears that maybe you pounce in a in a perfect time right now where the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league for for probably very good reasons and what he has done lately obviously was not very good so maybe that you know left him less you know wanted this offseason and led him into this position with the bears that's a you know a rose colored glasses type of outlook but one that i don't think we have any choice but to kind of look at so um in my opinion i think maybe him being connected to that struggling panthers offense last year as he was the offensive coordinator um benefited the bears a little bit and you're still getting a talented smart young up-and-coming coach uh, with your with your staff the, the last thing that I want to say about it is, is a point I made before. I simply want to reiterate, none of these coaches have me excited, but the collection of these coaches together makes me feel a little bit more, and dare I say competent, which I know Brennan kind of like then made me crap my pants just a little bit with that. But, but, but I do think, I do think there's some upside with, with these guys. Um, I do have a question for the end of it, but I think let, let's hit these last two coaches, make sure that, that we get that done. Uh, so Chad Morton, who, man, that is just like, I'm getting lost in his eyes right now. That is just a, that's a, he's, he's so a dreamy hot. smile. That is, is, that is a good looking man. I am very confident uh, in who I am to be able to say that, but uh, Chad Morton, uh, uh, working with the Seahawks, uh, also brought in by Shane Waldron, kind of was brought in as a, as a kick returner for the Saints in 2000. Uh, he was with the Jets. He was with Washington, finished up his playing career with the New York Jets, coached the Green Bay Packers, boo, in 2009, 
all the way through to the Seahawks. He's been with the Seahawks for a while as the running backs coach and running game coordinator seemed to be an important hire for Shane Waldron. I don't, I have no feelings about this one whatsoever. I have nothing good to say other than he's, he's got a dreamy smile. That's it. Got to get rid of that soul patch though. There's more yeah. things. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Cam's like, is it my turn now? He's like, you guys just look at me like, and that's that was it, it huh? <laughs> that's all I got. I mean, that was more than I even had to say. So I was like, I hope he keeps talking because I have nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. Man. So yeah, Heidi, Heidi chime in. Yeah, he's he's a good looking man. So we got that going for us, which, which there's that. He's such a Chad. Um, so look, he, he didn't do that great i don't think the last couple years but when he started out um especially like 2018 2019 when he got going as the run game uh running backs coach and then run game coordinator um the seahawks offense did pretty well with rushing they led the nfl in rushing in 2018 they were a top five unit in 2019 he turned chris carson remember him into uh yeah into a really good running back for those few years before he got hurt the issues then come into like 20, uh, 2022 and 2023. Kenneth Walker, I'd say, had a pretty good rookie year, but kind of stalled out a little bit. Zach Charbonnet didn't exactly wow like many people thought. And then I saw this stat from uh, Tommy Cavanaugh, who posted it from PFF. Uh, the Seahawks were far and away the last when it came to team rushers who had run – I can't read my notes um, – <laughs> <laughs> who were running to intended gaps with success. So basically where they were trying to hit the holes, they either couldn't hit the holes or they were just getting stuffed. Like they're, you know, the running backs couldn't do it. Um, and I think, I don't know if that's a coaching issue. I don't know if that's a player issue or an offensive line issue, but it's just something to take note of when you're kind of looking at all the factors here. Um, that's yeah. I don't know. That's pretty much what I got. He's had some good, some bad, and who knows, hopefully he can get something out of Roshan Johnson next year. Yeah, Sorry, that's that's a that's a friend. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you crapping all over my tank, man. Damn, you guys can hear that? Holy <laughs> shit. Yes. I was really? like, that's, your mic, that's the best timing well. I've ever heard. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Boy, boys, any anything else to say before we move to our last coach? If Caleb Williams can throw over the middle with anticipation, they'll all get promoted. So yep. uh, like it, it, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk the last one, not coming from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so this is Chris Beatty. Uh, he's been coaching since 1998. Uh, so most recently with the uh, the Chargers. He also worked with DJ Moore in Maryland uh, uh, when he was a Terrapin. So um, I don't have a whole lot of insight on this guy other than, you know, his history with DJ Moore definitely has me me interested. Uh, the, the Chargers had a pretty competent offense and the fact that he's been coaching for a while. Yeah, I don't I have no negative feelings about this one. I'll just say that. Boys, what about you? I like the familiarity with DJ Moore, obviously. I like that he's had a ton of college experience because the Bears – we talked a lot about quarterbacks. They need a wide receiver and I'm sure they're going to draft one high. So the fact that he's had experience coaching guys at the collegiate level and NFL level kind of helps that transition. I think um, chargers receivers, Keenan Allen's always been a beast, but I think he got uh, Mike Williams had the best season that he's had when Beatty came, uh, came to the chargers. So I thought that's positive before he got hurt every year, obviously, but um, yeah, and it's fine. 
Quinn Johnston sucked. Was that his fault? Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's my comment. That's literally all I got, Cam. Sorry to cut you off there. No, that was that was better than anything I was going to say. Um, <laughs> this is the time to be excited. Like there's like like Logan said, there is going to be a time when you're just really angry for four straight months. Yes. So why why be angry now when you can just wait until September? Be happy now. Now's the time. All right, so boys, the reason why I did get this this fantastic picture from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is I want you to put on your ten hats, and I, and I want you to tell me that this coaching hire does it tell you that the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields, draft Caleb Williams, or somebody else. You got to give me an answer, and you can't say I don't know. We're just having fun. Put on a tin hat. Be that guy. So let's go. Same order. We've been going all night. So Brennan, Cam, Logan, what are, what are the what are the tea leaves tell you with this coaching staff? What's going to happen? It doesn't. I mean, look, it's it, it doesn't tell me anything one way or the other. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, but thanks but, for playing along, Brendan. No, I'll still put on my tin hat. You beautiful bastard. Um, <laughs> I think that it still says that the Bears are gonna hot gonna draft a rookie quarterback. I think it's going to be Caleb Williams and Albert Breer said something during the week on cap and J hood. He's like, look, when the bears were kind of selling the offensive coordinators on this job, everybody, or pretty much a lot of people said like they were excited to work with Caleb Williams. That's probably what made this job so appealing to a lot of people because you can work with a quarterback with the skill set like he has. I don't think a lot of people are interested in a reclamation project like Justin Fields. I think it could have it could work if they needed to do that, or if like the Bears didn't have the number one overall pick and they were uh, stuck with Justin Fields for another year, but they weren't as excited about it with without somebody like Caleb Williams coming in. So um, the fact that they got something done so quickly, I think the process that tells me that they're going to draft a quarterback because a lot more people would sign up for that versus a reclamation project. Cam, before you go, just really quick, if you are hanging out with us on, on YouTube or, or Twitter, throw, throw in the comments. What do you think uh, you put on your tin hat? What does this coaching staff tell you? Cam, sorry about that, please. Yeah, no, please comment so I can rip one of your comments off and pretend it's my own. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think it's, I think it, I think it points towards quarterback. And I think that it's not like, like Brendan was saying, it's not, the, you know, if they hired Cliff Kingsbury, you like, that's the alarms. Like, oh my God, mm-hmm. like, um, and it's not quite that level of paranoia. Um, but I do think the, the, uh, the package as a whole in terms of the OC down, all the hires, like that that screams we're gearing up to teach a guy how to be a pro quarterback for the first time. And so that's, I think the combined with all the very logical football reasons to draft a quarterback number one overall, I think it's just at this point, I sort of think it's overwhelmingly obvious that they're going to take Caleb Williams. Yeah, no, I, I really like the point Brendan made just about the fact that I think it says less about whether the bears have plans to draft Caleb Williams and more about, the possibility that they could. And I'm sure for a few of those guys that maybe puts the decision over the edge in terms of if they want to work with that new, you know, hot young quarterback, they, they definitely will have a chance to do that as the bears have number one overall pick. So not a big tin foil hat guy, um, as you guys know. So I think that people like to make of situations, what they will, when, what they want to happen, they can see that direction, but no, overall, I, uh, I think you're, you're the bears plan to play offense as they always do. And I think they needed some coaches to coach that side. <laughs> do they always though? Do they, they? Might. 
Maybe they we could do better with no staff at all. <laughs> yeah, just chaos. Anarchy. Just hey guys, like, just go throw, guys. Just, just, just throw it out, out there. there. Um, you know, I, 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 again, this, this staff together screams to me quarterback friendly offense. Um, and and uh, I, I do think that it that it suggests that they will probably draft a quarterback, and I do think that it'll probably be Caleb Williams. Though I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, I would be actually I, I would be very surprised. Justin Fields sticks around, though. You know what? I don't care who's who's at at, at quarterback next year. I mean, I care, but I'm going to support them no matter what. I'm a Bears fan. I'm a glutton for punishment. So I just just get it right. I don't care what 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 the answer is. Just freaking get it right I, I want a quarterback that i can cheer for for a couple of years and that's going to win way more football games that he's going to lose and that's really all i care about Amen. boys anything else on this entire coaching staff that you want to talk about that you want to say i've got one more question for all of you before we get to shout outs unless there's anything else boys that that hasn't already been said it's a couple oh, things <laughs> it's a couple things well, one, do we need to do we need to talk about the Colin Cowherd stuff or just say like no, that's dumb? I'm done. I'm done with that, dude. You just I mean if you if you can, oh Brennan, can you give me like the like the 30 second like snippet and your thoughts and then we can maybe wrap it up? We don't have to. I mean, Colin just says that <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't like Chicago or he's you know, Chicago isn't his preference, but he's not anti-Chicago. Okay, great. Like, you know, might not be in his top five places to go, but too damn bad. I, I just, I, the Bears haven't developed a quarterback ever. So, like, I, I just don't know why that's a hot take or, yeah, or news. You know it. what I mean? Like, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. like but him him passing it off as as fact as, a, as opposed to his opinion, I think is the only thing that is that was disingenuous. But otherwise, like, you're not you're not saying anything that's 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 outlandish or crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is not a great place for quarterbacks, period. Let's move on. Now, I will say, though, breaking news. There's two breaking news things. One, Taylor Swift announced a new album at the Grammys. I'm very excited about that. What does that mean for the Bears, though? That yeah. is more important. <laughs> I don't know, but I have a new thing to you know compare Taylor Swift songs to Bears players now, so that's going to be fun. Um, but go. Caleb Williams congratulated Cliff Kingsbury on getting the commander's job on his Instagram. So uh, a lot of people are going to freak out about that. Oh, boy. It's happening. Yeah, it is happening. Okay, I sorry. I have two more questions, boys. Who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Who do you think will win the Super Bowl? And then I have another question before we get to shoutouts. I want the Niners to win because the Niners haven't won in a while, and I like George Kittle. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win because Patrick Mahomes. I want the Chiefs to win because I think that dynasties are wildly underrated. And I think that pure dominance in a sport like professional football, it should be more respected than it is. Uh, and I think that the Chiefs are going to win because of Patrick Holmes. Yeah, I want the Chiefs to win because I've been continually putting American dollars on them to win their playoff games, and they have, and I'm putting more dollars on them to the Super Bowl because they have Patrick Mahomes and also – who's listening right now, my girlfriend, the other room's a Chiefs fan, and she'll be happier. So I'm, I get points for saying that because she probably heard that. Logan, did you put a future on them like in December? I didn't. I, so they were plus 1,100 when I was looking at them, and I didn't do it. But in, I've just been putting money on their money line every game so far, so it's like essentially been better because like I'll whatever. If they lose in the Super Bowl, like I'm still good. I actually like the 49ers as a, as a team 
Um, and uh, th- there's a couple players on that team that I can really cheer for. I can't stand Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm here. I'm here, right? Like the the Kermit, the Frog voice, and and just some of the some of the whining that that he has has done this season, and I just, which means that he is for sure gonna win because I don't <laughs> want him to, and so that's that's what's gonna happen. So if I was a betting man, I would place it on the Chiefs because I want the 49ers to win. All right, boys, this is the last question before we get to shoutouts. What are you watching? What are you streaming right now? What is what's what's captivating you? Because we're about to be at the end of football season completely, and so it's really time to start streaming some shows. Uh, same order, boys. What are, what are you watching? What's good? That's a good, great question. Um, I am getting through my binge of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <clears throat> I love it. I'm so like. It took me a long time to get into it for some reason, but I've been hooked ever since. I thought the. I think the season. 10 or 9 finale was like one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen uh, where he's had his like coffee shop. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Um, okay, never mind. But it's a great show. And the the last season premieres tonight, actually. So I'm pretty much just about caught up there. Um, and then I just bought a PS5 today. So I'm Ooh, getting into games. I know it's in my car. So I'm going to be setting that up later and um, that's pretty much going to carry me until baseball starts. Is that what you were doing in Arlington Heights? No, I actually, so I met up with some buddies to, uh, play some football for the first time in like a year and a half. Nice. Uh, nice. there's, okay. there's still a little bit left in the tank, thankfully. Um, you still got it. Score. I still, I still got tomorrow. some of it. <laughs> my, uh, my, my legs are so sore and my, I could feel my like <laughs> left knee getting loose as we were, you know, finishing up and we just finished up our, like, just going deep routes for the last, like, 20 minutes. And that just killed me. Um, but, you know, the hands are still there, thankfully. I just got to work on, like, the lateral movements and everything like that. But um, after that, I've been wanting to get a PS5 for, like, the last, like, month or so. And so after that, I'm like, yeah, there's a Best Buy right there. I'll just go get it. Wow. Cam? What an impulse buy. I love it. Um I am tragically out of the loop on TV shows. Like I, 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 I literally like every time I go home for Christmas and everyone's like, what TV shows do you watch? I'm just like, I don't know, whatever basketball games on ESPN. Um, <laughs> I have heard good things about the new Mr. And Mrs. Smith on Amazon with Donald Glover and Maya Erskine apparently. And I love the movie, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Um, and so I'll probably give that a shot. Um, but yeah. I watch whatever ESPN puts in front of my face. And so a lot of times I don't like it, but I don't have the strength to change it because I'm a coward. <laughs> a lot of greenie. Um, yeah, that? I've been, what'd you say, Brandon? I just said a lot of greenie in the morning, huh? Greenie. Yeah. 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 God, love <laughs> Too much Chris Russo for my liking, quite frankly. Oh, God. oh I, was, I was sitting uh, next to him, like our booth was next to him at the World Series, and it was like the week after he got he did the whole what he did thing, and everyone was just screaming at him to retire, which he definitely should have. Um, beside yeah. the point, um, I, I, we watched the morning show recently, which was truly one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. It's on Apple TV with uh, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, and a bunch of good actors. And then uh, we also been watching Defending Jacob, which I just read the book. That's another one on Apple TV about um, – this kid and his his dad the kid gets like accused of murder his dad's like a da it's uh it's a good watch so i uh, i would recommend that as well but uh i got no shortage of tv recommendations 
finally bit the bullet, got Apple TV and finishing up Ted Lasso. Man, that show is so good. Everybody, everyone already knows about that. Um, American Nightmare, for some reason, if you haven't watched it, it's a three-part mm. series on Netflix. Like, couldn't couldn't turn it off. Like, it from where it starts to where it finishes is like it's unbelievable. Um, and then uh, the other one, because uh, you know the AFL, the Australian Football League is coming up. Uh, I like college uh, lacrosse, so I'm watching that. Um, but the other one is True Detective season four. Some people haven't loved the start of it, but the season one was so freaking good. The other ones, meh. Uh, but I, I really like the where this one is going, and, and I think it's pretty good. So that's what I'm checking out. Anything else, boys, before we get to shout-outs? All right, boys, shout-outs. Let's go Brendan, Cam, Logan, and I will finish it up. Shout-outs, boys. All right, quick shout-out to my guy, Tommy. Um, it's his birthday today, and he was one of the ones that we played football with. So happy birthday, Tommy. It was fun hanging out with you and you know, being able to play football again, even though we're way older than we used to be when we played. Um, and then, uh, look, I should have mentioned it, honestly, like during anything else because we didn't talk about the Senior Bowl. Uh, but Senior Bowl happened throughout the past week. Watched the game yesterday. Um, saw some pretty good performances, but I uh, just want to shout out a few guys, Bears-related, who were there. Um, first, Chicago Football Connection. He does awesome, awesome work. His following continues to grow. Um, he was on a podcast with our friend Robert Schmitz, who we've had on in the past. And then um, Quentin, I can't remember how to say his name, but he's Buckus Stats. He puts out all the awesome statistics and he's finding things that I'm very um, intrigued by pretty much like every day. So shout out to the three of them. There were other Bears guys. I know Swift Sports Network was there. Um, Brian Perez was there. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, just really cool to see all the coverage from everybody who's getting interviews from these college players. Um, it, it was a fun week and it was fun to follow along. So thank you to them uh, for bringing all the content to us. Yeah. Um, my shout out goes to my buddy, Zach Pearson, because as my wife is a big, she went to UNC. So it was a big weekend in our house. Um, and every time UNC wins, he just lets loose a little bit on Twitter and lets his UNC fandom show a little bit, which I always appreciate because otherwise he's just like a very smart buttoned up bears reporter. Um, so shout out to him for having a successful week. Um, and then offline shout out to the Colorado department of transportation for clearing the roads of a foot of snow so that I could go skiing the last two days. Um, and it has been great nice. skiing. So shout, shout out to Colorado Department of Transportation. Uh, they are on Twitter. I don't know why you follow them. Um, but yeah, shout out to them and shout out to Zach. I'm following them immediately. Um, my shout out just goes to one one individual, and that's TJ Brooks, because his comments every time I'm in here just absolutely kill me. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, w I would not have the self-confidence that I have today if it wasn't for his his comments about my mustache. So I really appreciate him, and uh, he, he cracks me up, and he also agreed with defending Jacob, which I'm uh, watching and reading right now. So just good guy. Good guy. I appreciate you, TJ. <laughs> Uh, there are a lot to give, but I'm going to give uh, two specifically to Sue Corbin K. Smith. He writes uh, in podcast for Locked On Seahawks. Um, uh, him and uh, as I talked about a little bit earlier, um, at Field Gulls, the Field Gulls, which is a podcast uh, covering the Seahawks, and just getting a lot of information. It's it's nice to 
you know, you can you can read it from some of the, like those official newspapers. But but I do like supporting the the, the smaller guys, supporting the podcasts. Uh, so thank you to you guys. You're probably not going to listen to the end of this podcast, but if you do, um, it was really nice getting a chance to read some of your stuff and and getting some perspective on all the things that are out there. Uh, listen, uh, we we have to say this, and and I think some of you are, are sick of hearing me say this, but uh, we're you know just thrilled to be able to talk bears and the fact that people are actually listening is is wonderful. And we could definitely use your help with a five star review to uh, share this, like this, subscribe with wherever you're, you're you're grabbing this podcast. If you're new to the podcast, please please hang out with us again. We truly truly do appreciate it. Um, we're, we're just thankful thankful that that you all are willing to listen and engage. The comment section did not disappoint today, so so thank you so very much for that. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago Podcast, so that's Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright. Cam Ellis, Logan Bradley, Brennan Chagru. I am Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so very much. And as always, bear down, Chicago.